Welcome to How to Read, Understand, and Make Use of the Scriptures. So we've been talking about principles of biblical interpretation, uh, specifically this principle that the Scripture interprets the Scripture. So we've talked about how Jesus tells parables, and then he gives us the meaning, he interprets the parable for us. Uh, We talked about the second death of uh, the book of Revelation and born again in John chapter 3, and how the scripture helps us understand that if we're born one time, you know, only born in this world, a physical birth, we die twice, not just a physical death, but a second death, eternal death. But the good news, if we're born twice, yes, born in this world, but born again, born from above, uh, there's only one death that we face, that physical death, uh, but we have the promise of life eternal. So we use scripture to interpret the scripture. Now, the good news also is if the Holy Spirit is the one who is the author of all the scriptures inspiring the apostles and the prophets, then books as well can help interpret other books. So specifically, we're going to talk about how, um, again, if the scripture interprets the scripture, the Bible is God's word inspired by the Holy Spirit, the best interpreter of the scripture then is God. God himself, the author. So let's take a look at this idea of books, how entire books can help um, interpret one another. Specifically, uh, the Old Testament book of Leviticus and the New Testament book of, of Hebrews. Now, Leviticus, it doesn't take long for you to enter into that book, and it's filled with all types of of uh, sacrifices and feasts and festivals and and holy days and and priests and uh, the idea that this is about sanctification the holiness uh, of the people there's holiness themes all throughout um, Leviticus uh, the people of Israel are to be set apart they're they're chosen they're to be made holy uh, they're to be cleansed and purified and washed. Uh, God has brought them out of Egypt and he wants to bring them into the family of God, uh, adopts them into the family of God. And so uh, this book specifically is speaking about how God, the triune God, is working in and among and through his people to make them to make them holy. So the theme really of Leviticus is uh, not that the people are making themselves holy, but they are made holy. They're receiving the holiness of another, and we're going to find out that the holiness that they receive uh, is the holiness of our brother, the Lord Jesus. Uh, We're going to find that he is not only going to be the sacrifice that takes away the sin of the world, but also the great high priest. So you you go through the book of Leviticus, and you you encounter um, such things as the, the religious calendar uh, the appointed feast given to the people. Evening and morning sacrifices, they are to observe Sabbath after six days of work. Uh, the, the great high, high feast and festivals, Passover, uh, unleavened bread, first fruits, the, the week, uh, festival of weeks, uh, Shavuot, we know it as Pentecost, uh, the feast of trumpets, the day of atonement, um, the feast of, uh, tabernacles or, or Sukkot, the Feast of Booths. So in Leviticus chapter 1, uh, it immediately starts with this idea of sacrifices. There's burnt offerings, there's sin offerings, there's guilt offerings, there's grain and drink and thank 
and first fruit offerings and tithes and fellowship offerings. And, and there's priests who are uh, chosen and set apart to offer these, uh, these offerings. And you have uh, evening sacrifices, morning sacrifices. Um, and so in Leviticus chapter 16, uh, these instructions are specifically given. Uh, specifically about this one day, this day of atonement. So Leviticus chapter 16, verse 2, the Lord speaks to Moses and says to him, tell Aaron not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain uh, in front of the atonement cover on the ark, or else he will die because I appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. Uh, this is how you are to do it. In verse, uh, verse 20, 27 and 28, God says, On the tenth day of this seventh month, it's to be the day of atonement. So hold a sacred assembly, deny yourselves, present an offering made to the Lord by fire. Do no work on that day because, because it is the day of atonement. Uh, when atonement is made before as made for you before the Lord your God. So there's this one day, this day of atonement, uh, that the high priest is to go into the Holy of Holies behind the curtain to offer uh, this sacrifice. Now, atonement, um, big word, right? You don't hear it often in an everyday language. But uh, and on this day, sins are confessed and sins are forgiven. Sins are taken away. God and sinners are reconciled. There's peace. Uh, there's peace with God uh, through, uh, through the sacrifice. Now, shadows and reality. So Colossians chapter 2 says, uh, don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink with regard to a religious festival a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. And then Colossians 2, 17 says, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So uh, that's how we read then the Old Testament. Scripture interprets the scripture that all of these things in the book of Leviticus, the sacrifices, the day of atonement, the tabernacle, the holy of holies, the high priests, uh, even the curtain, they're all shadows uh, of a greater reality, which is Jesus, uh, Jesus the Christ. So scripture interprets the scripture. So you read the book of Leviticus and you go, I don't know, what, what does all of this, this mean? Uh, so that's where we can go then to the book of Hebrews. Now the book of Hebrews, you, you could see it as one giant commentary on the book of Leviticus. Let me give you uh, some examples. Hebrews 10. Uh, this is speaking specifically about the Day of Atonement in Leviticus. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and following says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. So the book of Hebrews is telling us that that Day of Atonement, where the priest could go only go behind the curtain one time during the year, we have confidence to enter the most holy place whenever, whenever we uh, call out uh, to God the Father. There is not a time where it's limited to one day. And how do we enter the most holy place? Well, Hebrew says, by the blood of Jesus. Not by the blood of bull or goats or lambs, 
sacrifice, but rather by the blood of the ultimate sacrifice, which is Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. That's how we enter into the presence of God. Uh, It continues, uh, verse 20, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. Again, the, the high priest going into the holy of holies, through the curtain, one time, Uh, only during the year. But now, Hebrew says that that curtain is the body of Jesus. And we recall how that curtain was torn from top to bottom. So when Jesus is on the cross, uh, the curtain, uh, God himself tears the curtain from top to bottom, showing us that there is no barrier between us, our sin, and God, because of the blood of the Lord Jesus, the sacrifice, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, uh, it's open for us now uh, through the curtain that is his body. Now, Mark chapter 15 gives us that image. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. From top to bottom, God himself uh, tears the curtain, uh, removes the barrier, now we have access to the Father, uh, always holding on to the to the death and resurrection of Jesus. We have been uh, our sins have been taken away; they have been removed; they have been placed on Jesus. We continue Hebrews chapter ten, verses twenty one and twenty two. Again, Scripture interpreting the, the Scripture for us. It says, since we have a great high priest over the house of God, so it's using that imagery again of priests, the great high priest is Jesus. Let us draw near then to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith uh, that we're going to be cleansed, that we're going to be made holy. And because of that, we then can draw near to God, not making ourselves holy and then drawing you know, near to God, but re- rather being made holy uh, through the sacrifice of, uh, of another, of Jesus. We continue having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. There's that cleansing that happens in the temple, the basin for washing. Uh, Often we enter into uh, the worship sanctuary right past the baptismal font. Uh, There is that cleansing that that happens with water uh, to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And so baptism then is revealed to us as a participation in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We die with him underneath the waters, put into the grave, our sins are buried, and we rise again with Jesus. Now that's, uh, you know, in verse 23, we have now covenant language. So Hebrews 10, 23 says, So because of that, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. All throughout the Old Testament, God is making covenants. God is making promises. And we find that in the book of Hebrews that uh, he keeps all of his promises to us in Jesus. Now, we have these promises. So how does it benefit us? Well, Hebrews 2 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, that's us, he, speaking of the Son of God that takes on human flesh, Jesus, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the, who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were, were held in slavery by their fear of death. So your ear picks it up a little bit, doesn't it? This is Exodus language. 
um, held in slavery by their fear of death. Well, we have been freed from that uh, through, uh, through Jesus. Continue verse 17 of Hebrews 2. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful, a faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Well, that's, that's thoroughly Leviticus language, isn't it? A faithful high priest, service to God, make atonement for the sins of the people. So shadow and reality. The curtain uh, in the Old Testament is the body of Jesus. The real sacrifice, uh, the real high priest is Jesus. And in Jesus, God makes and God keeps all of his promises. So this is an example of how uh, two books, an Old Testament book and a New Testament book, uh, will help interpret one another. So if God is the author, if the Holy Spirit uh, is the author of the book of Leviticus, as well as the book of Hebrews, then both of them will help us understand the central message. Again, always the central message of the scriptures is Jesus Christ crucified, dead and risen for the forgiveness of sins. And so the little phrases we use is that Christ is for us and that uh, we have been crucified with Christ Uh, We die with him, but we'll also live with him. So he lives in us. He works through us and he promises uh, that he will be with us always, even to the very end of the age.